This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer. The Knicks and Bradley Beal. You have all these assets. You've set yourself up well with all these assets at your disposal. Is that the guy you're burning all the assets for? I don't know. I, I have mixed reactions about it, Gordon. I, I do. Salary is is one thing, and, and mm-hmm. how he fits. You know, how does he fit on this team? Does this become a really backcourt, predominantly backcourt scoring team? Is, is that what happens to them? And is <laughs> and is Julius Randle part of this deal? Somebody's got to make some money to be part of this deal. Because as you mentioned, he's making a lot of money. So I would have to think that Randle would have have to be somewhat a part of the deal, Gordon, because of the, the money's got to fit in some way. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Wednesday night edition of the show. Chatting with you until midnight on 98.7 ESPN. And the way this baseball game is going, Gordon... We might, uh, Freddie and Fitzsimmons will be talking Mets and Yankees. <laughs> I'm wondering updated. because this game is in the national spotlight, they made mm-hmm. all these rule changes to help the offense. Not that, in this those, game. Those changes have not made their way to New York as of yet. I mean, woof, this, these two oh, offenses. Oh, bad. my Lord. Struggling. They are struggling. Bad. bad. They are struggling. They are. They are. This is, um, this is, this is how these teams are. And really, the Yankees miss Aaron Judge so much. Oh my it's, God! It's it's so much. I mean, I could say the Mets meet Peter miss Pete Alonso, and they do. They miss him at first base. They miss his, his bet in the lineup. But they, this is what they did when he was in the lineup. Yeah, it's court. not all that much different. You're right. It's not much. Not know? great, Bob. Uh, no, do the Yankees don't the Yankees have like a 3D printer somewhere where they can print out a new toe for t- for for Judge or? Or, or they can body harvest somebody, somebody somewhere think. to to get a new toe on there to get him back in the lineup. You would think so. You would Oof. think so. Oh, Mets batting Lord. in the bottom of the tenth. We're tied at three, and Buster only was on Greeny this morning, and his news did not make Yankee fans ever very happy. I think the Yankees would be thrilled if he comes back before the All Star break because when you have a right toe injury as a six foot seven, two hundred and eighty two pound player, the torque on your right toe as you start your swing is so strong. That I think the Yankees are gonna err on the side of caution and they're gonna keep him out as long as possible till they know he's hundred percent healthy. They don't wanna have a turf toe situation developing with a guy who completely transformed that lineup. They're basically a five hundred team when he's been out of the lineup and much better than that, a six winning percentage when he's been in the lineup over the last four years. There's no question about it. And it sounds like Gordon translation. We're not bringing him back until we know he's ready. Yeah. That, that, I mean, it's not great news, but it's not surprising news either. I, I did not expect to see him before the all-star break. And if, mm-hmm. if I do see him before the all-star break, well then I will be so surprised. <laughs> And very the fact happy. that they haven't given you a timeline yet tells you that he's not coming back anytime soon. No. Mm-mm. Nope. Nope, he's not. And, uh, you know, you're – oh, okay. There you Game's go. Over. Let's win it. There you go. That That's the spark that you're looking for. Meet the Mets. Meet the Mets. Step right up and greet the Mets. Bring your kiddies. Bring your wife. Feel good for Brandon Nimmo, Gordon. He's had a tough two games. Yeah. Feel good for him. 
feel good it. for him. Yeah, you need it. Yep. Desperately and that that feels one. right. That feels like a split between these two teams where neither seems like they're very good. Yes. That seems like the right result. It does. It really does. It really does. And for me, the takeaway, obviously, the win is nice. But once again, the recap, the takeaway is how Verlander pitched tonight. That, that's yes. the big takeaway for the Mets. For me, that's, that's, how, that's the main thing, that he was, he was Verlander again. And it's almost like it's – so now the next question is, how does he follow this up? Right? Does mm-hmm. he follow this up with a, a something similar? Or does he go back and look, you know, like he's struggling before? Because it's kind of been an alternate kind of performance, right? He's like, he's good one time, he's not great the next time, he's good one time, he's bad the next time. So it'll be interesting to see how um, he, he fares. Yeah, because uh, you need him uh, and you need to get sure. Like, it, it, I would say that, yes, he is the the um, the story of this game. But the story of the series is still like his performance tonight just kind of reinforces how bad Max Scherzer was last night. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense, because yeah. this is this is a lineup that you should be able to dominate. Uh, yeah. We saw tonight he went, you know, Verlander went pitch for pitch with with Garrett Cole. Uh, and was able to to go just as long, six innings, even though his pitch count early on kind of got him in a little bit of trouble, but he was able to even that out. So that's good. But, you know, the, I, I don't know that many Met fans are going to be celebrating as much as the Mets are this win because there's still a lot of work to be done. Well, they're celebrating because is, they haven't tasted a lot of victory over the past no, couple of weeks, Gordon. No, absolutely. They need something good to happen, and it did tonight. Yeah, it did tonight. And like you said, they split. So now they will um, – have an off day and they will face the Cardinals, which is a team that's you know, struggling, has their struggles as well. They've been Oof. inconsistent. They, yeah. they're, they're not, they're really not your bad. dad's St. Louis Cardinals. That's for sure. With an eye following that, <laughs> facing a very hot Astros team that's been putting the wood to people. Mm-hmm. Well, they you know, the Astros are, even if they're not in first place, they're still the team to beat until they yeah. get knocked out. They're the team right. to beat in the American league. So, uh, yeah, I mean, as, as disappointing as the Mets have been, and they certainly have been, what has gone on with the Cardinals? 27 yeah. and 42. Unbelievable. They have, the, they have the worst record, I think in the national league, or at least the most losses in the national league. I don't know how the win percentage works with the, with the nationals, but, uh, yeah, the Cardinals have been an outright disaster. They have been. So, but the Mets have shown you that they can they can beat some good teams, but they can lose to anybody as well. Yeah, and once again, how will the rest of the rotation go? All right, what, what, what am I getting from Singa? What am I getting from Carrasco? You know, what am I getting from those? What am I getting from um, McGill? What what am I going to get from them? So, you know, that's why it's so much pressure on the top of that rotation because you know you're looking at the back end of the rotation, and it's still incomplete. And, you know, you kind of need those guys to win almost every – give you a chance to win every game. Every game they start, you need to win those games. You almost have to. Yeah, uh, that, that, that's the way you drew it up, right? If it's going to go according to plan and, – and look, in a baseball season, there's weird things that happen all the time. Oh, yes. There's guys that you don't expect to be real contributors that over the course of the season turn out to be real contributors. There's guys who you do expect to, for whatever reason, that don't live up to whatever the expectation is. But, yeah, with the way the Mets have drawn it up, they have a lot of questions in the starting rotation. Those question marks are not supposed to pertain to Justin Verlander and Max Scherzer. That's where the issue – if the Mets are going to get this turned around, that's where it has to start. 
1-800-919-3776. Mo is in Brooklyn. Mo, you're next on 987 ESPN. Good evening, guys. How are you? Mo, what's going on? Oh, frustrated Yankee fan after tonight's game. And I'm pointing all my arrows at Boone tonight. Two things I got on Boone tonight. First of all, I don't know how closely you guys are paying attention to this last inning. Abreu is cruising. And you decide to bring him out for some unknown minor league I never heard of before Sunday to pitch to Nimmo, who, by the way, even if he gets Nimmo out, he still has to pitch to Starling Marte after him. There's still only one out in the inning. Let Abreu finish this inning. He's cruising. And number two, last night, Seve stinks up the joint, yet Boone has to push him as far as possible. And tonight, no, he can't wait to get Cole out of the game tonight for some tired relievers who pitched last night. Let Cole start the seventh inning on a short leash with 94 pitches. Why the rush to get Cole out? And why the rush to get Abreu out tonight? I'm not well, sure. I, the the ahead, Cole go, go. one, I think, has more weight with me because if you knew that you used your prime relievers last night and you didn't have King, which surprises me that they don't have King. King threw like eight pitches last night. Mm-hmm. So why wasn't King available? But all right, let's say going into the game, you know you don't have your, your A-team relievers. That's, to me, the time where you say, you know what, this is the night I need a little bit extra from Cole, and I do let him go for the seventh inning and, mm-hmm. and see how it goes. Um, the, the going to the Nick Ramirez move, uh, you know, I wasn't watching it that closely. I didn't see what kind of contact, but it did seem like Abreu was kind of mowing the guys down. He'd only thrown 20 pitches. It wasn't like he was completely overworked. Mm-hmm. So that one, to me, that one's not as puzzling because Abreu doesn't have as great a track record. Ramirez has looked good when I've seen him. The Cole one, to me, carries more weight. Yeah, I agree. Um, in a game like this, you're up 3-1. You know who's available better than anybody yeah, else. Absolutely. Let him, let, him go, let him go another inning. Right, absolutely. I mean, you know, he's pitching. He, he, I mean, Gordon, he was pretty tidy. I mean, he had, like, what, 54 pitches after, like, Verlander had thrown, like, 30, 40 more pitches than Cole at one point in this mm-hmm. game. Yeah, yeah, and for him to be gone after six. Now, look, he was getting uh, – he was unhittable, literally unhittable early in the game, and then the Mets did start touching him up a little bit, some loud contact as well. But, yeah, that's the time where if you're the ace of the staff, I need a little bit more than six innings out of you. Yeah. And, see, the the, the, the crazy thing for me is and, – and here's where I might aside with him on, on, the, on the pitching and the, the choice in the 10th – is, okay – Ramirez is a righty. Why would you, why would you bring him in to pitch to the lefty? You know what I mean, Gordon? Mm-hmm. I mean, Abreu yeah. was pitching well. Leave him in against Nimmo. If you're telling me I want to get, you know, what 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 was the reason why you want to bring him in? Nimmo's a lefty. You know, it's, it's not like a if, okay. If you're bringing a lefty, you're trying to match him. Okay, I get it. You know, are you trying to say he gets ground balls? Well, that wasn't a ground ball. <laughs> no, that was that was a rocket. Absolutely. Uh, and look, uh, you can kill Boone, and, and, and everybody does. Yeah. The Yankees want one for 15 with runners in scoring position. Bottom line, you got to score runs. Got to score yeah. runs. Uh, I mean, Stanton's 0 for 4. Donaldson's 0 yeah. for 4. Uh, Rizzo, another 0 for LeMahieu. Yeah. He did have one hit, but that was it. Um, you know, they, they, they had six hits on the night and three walks and yeah. went one for 15 with runners in scoring position. You're not going to win that way. And they didn't. And they didn't. Jose's in Brooklyn. What's up, Jose? Oh, Larry. (laughs) 
I'm watching this game, and as I watch the meltdown of the Yankees, I'm just like, oh, great. And I'm hearing all these other, you know, and then I'm hearing, you know, you guys talk about the Knicks, and it's just like, well, I'm getting with the double whammy. I got, you know, the Yankees having a meltdown with, you know, all the decision-making that's going on here. And then I've got, you know, all of these, you know, repeat retreads of all these trades that we all talked about before. And we're all trying to say no. And we're all trying to say this and that. And it's like, oh, man, we're really going to do we're really going to do this with the Knicks. And I can't wait for this all summer because we're going to try to convince ourselves with each and every star what how they'll be good and how they'll be bad, which is going to be the greatness of, you know, the debate. But I'm just I, – I, I, like, like, I want to know who's going to be that, like, like, uh, are, like when we're searching for a star, are we searching for someone that's going to be better than Jalen Brunson and elevate the rest of the team? Or are we just looking for another sub-piece to Jalen Brunson? Because if the idea was it can't be just Jalen Brunson at the number one, then why would we just be trading for people that would be – that doesn't look like it's going to be clear as the alpha to, to this team. Well, I think, Jose, it's probably going to be a little – it needs to be both. You need to have somebody that is better or that complements Brunson, mm-hmm. but you also need some pieces that can hit some threes like uh, Seth Curry, like uh, DiVincenzo, who is um, – you know, a Golden State who is who is a free agent. You need you need a, a guy that can. And thanks for the phone call. You need some guys that can that are three point shot makers. So, you need some help in your starting rotation, but you need some scoring off off the bench as well, Gordon. Because, you, if if anything, Denver showed you not that they're a dynasty or anything like that, but but Denver showed you kind of how you have to maneuver your teams, right? You got to be able to have some size, and you got to be able to have some depth that can score, and also. You know, play a little D, Gordon. That, that's what the league is now. Versatile pieces that you can plug in, plug and play. That's what it is. Plug and play multiple positions. And the number one thing the Knicks need are shot makers. That's number one. Let me ask you this. I was talking with a friend uh, who was a big Nick fan. I said, mm-hmm. "Who who's the guy? Who you know? Because you keep hearing all these people that are getting yeah. mentioned as, as fits. Do you think that the Nets, the Brooklyn Nets, would have the stomach? Or do you think that the Knicks would have the stomach to make a trade with the Nets for Mikael Bridges. Do you think that there's any way that they could that, that, that the Knicks would feel comfortable making a trade with Brooklyn? Or is that like a, a no-go right off the bat? Joe Leo, be quiet. I know how you feel. <laughs> um, no, I don't think so, Gordon. I, I just don't. I, yeah. I don't. I don't think that they would – because they Forget need about to even build the names, around. Just the idea yeah, of making yeah. a trade with no, Brooklyn. No, I don't think so. I don't, I don't see it. Who doesn't pick up it. the phone? Did the Knicks not pick up the phone, or do both not pick up the phone? Because to me, the, the Nets, if they are in a rebuilding process, they should be willing to make deals with anybody if it makes them better down the road. No, I think they pick up the phone. Mm-hmm. But I just don't think that I just don't think that the Knicks have anything the Nets want. To be honest with you, I don't because they're going to build around. They're going to build around bridges. That's what they have to do. Yeah, they got to build around bridges. He he's the, they're going to build around bridges. Cam Johnson. Uh, they got some young pieces over there. You're right. I mean, what are the Knicks going to offer them? 
look, obviously, Evan Fournier, Larry, come on. We got we got some 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 lottery protected uh, picks. We got no. some second rounders to throw in. Second yeah. rounders. Yeah. No, you know what? On second thought, maybe they won't pick up the phone. <laughs> <laughs> More of your calls next on 987 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Back to the phones we go. Buddha's in the Bronx. Hey, Buddha, what's going on? Hey, what's going on, guys? How you doing? Buddha. You know, the starting pitching tonight wasn't bad. I mean, people complain about how many innings that they went. You know, you know, this is baseball in 2023. Uh, very strange game in certain ways, you know, the base running errors and things like that. But it wasn't wasn't a bad game. And, you know, the thing is with, with, with both of these teams, I mean, let's take tonight out aside. I mean, not only do they not hit, but, like, they don't get timely hits. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, leave I know men on base a lot. Leave men on base in scoring position. I mean, listen, it's, you know, as a fan, it's definitely frustrating. Um, with the Mets, I, you know, I guess their talent was a little overrated, um, and you know, like the starting pitching has left a little bit to be desired. But with the Yankees, I mean, it's just like when Judge comes back, everything. Hello? Hello? Buddha? Oh, we lost him. Do we lose Buddha? Yeah, I think we did. Oh, no. Yeah, we lost him. Yeah. So he was talking about when Judge comes back, you know, everything is, is hitched around that. And, you know, once again, it, it, once again, for both teams, Gordon, it yeah. will be interesting to see what they do at the deadline because they have to, both teams are in sorely need of some personnel changes and additions on their teams. Well, you would think with where the Yankees are at right now, again, things can change that the Yankees will be in it to be buyers at the deadline. Mm-hmm. I think the Mets have to pick it up a little bit to be buyers at the deadline. Like if you're mm-hmm. Steve Cohen and you have put in all this money and, and, and think about it, last year, the reason why you made the moves that you made last year at the deadline was because you didn't want to give up the prospects. Right. Right. So if you really don't want to give up and, and look, the Mets can't afford to give up the pro, the prospects are up. Prospects <laughs> they're, are up. they're some of their so some of their better players, so they're yeah. they're not gonna give them up. And the problem that the Mets kind of find themselves in, if things don't improve, they really can't be sellers either. Because mm-hmm. what do they have to sell? Yeah. What well, what would other teams be interested in on the Mets? Yeah, the Mets would really just be maybe moving guys out and and probably having to pick up the salary because you're not going to move Lindor, you're not going to move no. Alonso. But let's say Sterling Marte. Sterling Marte is making twenty million dollars for the next two years. Is anybody yeah. taking that money on? No. McNeil, you might say, all right, you know, maybe it's time to to to, to move McNeil. I think didn't McNeil just sign like a new contract he where he signed mm-hmm. like, he signed like through twenty twenty six. Yep, just signed him. They just don't have in. bullpen. Nope. So they can't. They're not going to be moved. Maybe David Robertson, but that's not going to bring you back a whole bunch. The Mets are in a really weird position where they got to kind of pick things up to be buyers at the deadline, and they certainly can't be sellers at the deadline. Yeah, Vogelbach's will be available. <laughs> he is available. <laughs> By then, I thought his mental break. I, I thought it was just for Met fans the mental break. I didn't get it was for him the mental yeah. break. I thought it was just for the fans to get a little yeah. bit of a helps a both reprieve. of us. Helps us both. Mm-hmm. Helps us both. Buddha's back. What's up, Buddha? Finish up. 
Hey, sorry about that, man. Like I told you, this service in Rockland County, I mean, this is nervous. <laughs> <laughs> you know, listen, the idea, though, like I was saying, the Mets thing is just like they might have overrated, you know, their talent based on what happened last year. But, like, with the with the Yankees, you know, with Judge, the idea that with Judge comes back, you know, this premise that everything's going to be all right and all that, I mean, that that's an infirm premise. Because let's be honest, I mean, even if they're healthy, which they never it seems like they're never going to totally be all the guys healthy at the same time, they're still not a World Series contending team. So, I mean, I don't know what moves they can make, you know, before the deadline. But it's very it's very odd to think that they'll be make, able to make moves that would make them a true contender with these teams, you know, like, like specifically the Astros. Like, they, they, they have a, a core, a winning core, that's been together for a while. Like, if it, you can see them doing an add-on here or there. I mean, what the, the Yankees need to get to is not something that you can get to, you know, at the trade deadline, you know, just in my humble opinion. Um, it, 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 you know, it, it's pretty bad, you know, as a Yankee fan. because and, and in a way, maybe the Yankees are in a worse place than with the Mets are. At least with the Mets, you're like, look, you know, you got to blow some of this up. You're going to have to do something drastically different. With the Yankees, I mean, they're in purgatory. Uh, you know, look, we're going to win the 90 games. And it's not going to really justify getting rid of the general manager. I don't care what Hal said. He he doesn't want to do that. And, you know, it just seems like year after year after year, you know, it's like Sissy Fuss. He's just rolling that, uh, that, that that rock up the hill, and, and eventually it's just going to come back down. But, you know, the things you're talking about with the Knicks, and uh, I've, I've been listening to some of those things. You know, listen here. If I'm the Knicks, I don't want Zach Levine. I, I don't want Zion. And I don't want Carl Anthony Towns, you know, not because they're not Tibbs guys, but, you know, first of all, he hasn't earned that either as a coach. But their ROI is too questionable, you know. But I would be interested, if I was the Knicks, I would be looking into that Bradley Beal um, situation. And the reason why I would say him over those guys are is you can trade R.J. Barrett. He's a better player than R.J. Barrett. So that fulfills a need right away there for the Wizards. You know what I'm talking about? It's sort of like uh, covering, you know, their back. But you can't tell me that R.J. Barrett, Obi Toppin, and a draft pick is not a better deal for the Wizards than Tobias Harris's expiring contract and some future players. It's great that you get an expiring contract, but let's be honest. You have to know where you are as a franchise. Who wants to go to the Wizards? You understand <laughs> what I'm talking about? You have all the money in the world to sign a free agent. Nobody's going there. So I would think that that would be a better deal than, than what my sisters will offer. And, you know, like as we talk about Tibbs and, and, and Tibbs, Tibbs kind of guy and everything like that, if you're going to bring in a high-level player, and I'm not saying Bradley Beal is like a, a, a top all-star. I mean, he's an all-star. He's a good player. But we, you can't have Tibbs being the, 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 the deterrent to bringing somebody in, all right, this guy doesn't play defense. Tibbs, like you guys were talking about, was supposed to. He's going to have to, if he's wanna, if he wants to have a longer mortality, he's going to have to be able to adjust and, and bring a guy in that might not necessarily be molded in what he's looking for. You know what I mean? Yeah, I definitely do, brother. Thanks for the phone call. We do. But that has to be management's decision, right, Gordon? And the question has become, listen, management has, has kind of molded him a little bit. He plays kids now, Gordon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he yep. wasn't playing yep. kids before. Mm-hmm. So he is, he, he's, they've molded him a little bit that he's more open-minded than he's ever been, I think, in his, in his coaching career about playing kids. So 
listen, once again, Beal's talent is undeniable, and yes, he would be an upgrade on the team. It's just the question is, uh, for me, it's money and availability. The availability is a big piece. It's a big piece. This is this is going to be your starting two guard, Gordon. You need you, he's got to be available. And he's making fifty million dollars a year, so yeah, he's got to be available. And, and here's the thing: like Buddha was saying about, well, the 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 Wizards could get a better deal from this team than that team. The Wizards don't hold the the hammer here. Mm-hmm. Beal holds the hammer because yeah. he has that no trade clause. So if he yeah. wants to go to Philadelphia, he's even though the Wizards can't get a great deal, maybe. That's where he's going because yeah. if they if they decide you know we're tearing this down we're moving him someplace else at that point we've seen it before with other teams where they're like why would it why would that team make that move the players have the power in the NBA especially the only player with the tr- no trade clause yeah he's uh, he's got the hammer here mm-hmm. he's and yeah he's got it he's got it more conversation on ninety eight seven ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Gordon, let's head back to the phones. Ed is in Newark. Talk to us, Ed. Hey, how's it going? Um, I'm sitting in standstill trying to get out of the uh, parking lot here at City Field. We're big Mets fans. Um, uh, listen, it was uh, – I, I, I started to call it a great win, and I call it a great win only because we've been reeling uh, so badly, uh, and it's against uh, you know the Yankees. Um, but um, that being said, I just you know we need to. Uh, the one thing I have, and listen, I'm I, I'm no GM uh, by any stretch of the imagination, but. Let's get rid of Vogelbach already. I like the guy. He's fun. He's great. We root for him. But he's just taking up a roster spot that, quite frankly, belongs to somebody that can produce. He clogs up the bases whenever he does get on base. He can't hit. I mean, he's only there to hit uh, right-handed hitters. He plays no position in, yeah, on the field. Bring up Mauricio already. I, I, you know, look, look at the the spark that Alvarez provi- provided. I mean, there's no other move for us. I mean, I know that we can maybe go after Otani, but that would mean giving up somebody like Mauricio or, or you know, Alvarez. Who knows what Anaheim is asking for, for, for Otani at this time, and it would be a rental. And even with Otani, can we win a World Series with just Otani? We, we, you know, we are we get, we, ha- we the only way you would give up any of these blue chip uh, uh, farm guys um, is is if we we were we know that we can sign them to a long term deal. Um, so at, at this point, uh, we're reeling. Every win is is important for us, especially um, a, a game like tonight. Um, but I, I just. I'm, I'm worried. As a Mets fan, after winning 101 games last year, um, I, I'm just I, I, there's. I, I'm just don't see us making the playoffs if we keep playing like this. I hear what you're saying, Ed. Thanks for the phone call. Um, yeah, they got to make some moves. Uh, I would love to have Otani too, but I don't know, Gordon. If if Cohen wasn't going to give up the blue chippers for the deadline, is he going to? Will he? Will he make that move with Otani? That that's the question. That's number one. Number two is, does Otani want to come east? I mean, we've had this conversation, Gordon. I thought he wanted to stay out west all the time. Yeah, and yeah. I don't know if he's going. I don't know. I mean, I, would I love to have him? Absolutely, I would. But what do I have to give up to get him? You're going to have to give up everything. You're going to have yes. to give up the world. 
right? Yeah. Like, uh, he's what does that leave me with? A, a name here or there. You have to make it a whole lot more comfortable for your side. And again, forget about coming east. Does he want to come and be the savior of a team? I think one of the reasons why he went to Anaheim was because it was on the West Coast and there was less pressure than going to, say, the Dodgers. So I don't know that he necessarily wants to come here and all of a sudden be the savior of the Mets if the Mets are playing anywhere close to where they're at right now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in theory, he would have help with Lindor and Alonzo, but, I mean, Gordon, what yeah, Alonzo, I mean, not what Alonzo, what Lindor is he going to get when he gets mm-hmm. here? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Um, he's already done. He's already had enough years out of the playoff race <laughs> yeah, by the time yeah. the, the trade deadline comes. I don't know that he's – I would think he would want something of more of a sure thing if he's going to go east and change teams and all that type of stuff. Yeah. Let me make a correction, Gordon. I was looking up um, uh, the Yankee pitcher. Nicky Frazier, is it? Uh, Ramirez. Nick, Nick Ramirez. Ramirez the so I'm looking yeah. up Ramirez, mm-hmm. and I'm looking him up because I didn't remember whether he's a lefty or righty. I go on <laughs> – I go to a website that I'm not going to name, uh-huh. and they have him as a righty. And I'm like, okay. I thought he was a lefty. So, no, he's a lefty. So, that's why they brought him in. They brought yeah. the lefty in to pitch the Nimmo. Yes. Okay, yes. So and, and guess what? And he has good, number, he has good numbers against lefties this year. He, uh, now, look, Abreu seemed to be rolling at that time, but that's the, the, the that one is not to, as puzzling to me as the not going to Cole to at least start the seventh. Yeah. If you know absolutely. you have a short bullpen. Yeah, you got to go to Cole there. Tommy's in Connecticut. What's up, Tommy? Larry Gordon. What's up, boys? Hey, Tommy. So, how do you how do you guys feel? So, I, obviously, we ended up with a split, and I was expecting like absolute nothing shows from the lineups. So we got, you know, tonight we at least got a little bit of, you know a showing from two of the all-time greats. You know, I, I kind of thought they – I thought Boone should have left Cole in another inning. I know he was at, like, 95, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, 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 thought he, I, I thought he still had it. He was still hitting 99, 100 on the, on the radar gun. Yeah, I mean, we, we both thought that he should have at least started the inning, and if he gets into trouble, okay, fine. Because you, if you know that certain guys are not available and the Yankees love their, their bullpen lanes uh, before the game, figure out who fits this lane and who fits yep. that lane. If you know that you don't have all the cars to fit all the lanes after using a lot of the A-team relievers last night, then, yeah, that's the time that you kind of rely on Cole uh, as your ace to go out there and, and – Take care of another inning against a Met lineup that has struggled so far this year and was pretty much struggling against him tonight. It's weird because tonight's game was more sexy because of the starters and the way the starters lived up to the billing, right? They lived up to Cole Verlander. Oh, it's because it's like a play. You know, Gordon, it's like a playoff game matchup, Cole Verlander. So they lived up to that part. But last night was more enjoyable because it was more scoring. Mm-hmm. You know, it, was, it was a livelier game, not more enjoyable as far as the outcome is concerned. But, I mean, just, just comparing the two games. This one started out, okay, this is – because, listen, I, from a Met fan, you don't know what you were getting from Verlander. You had no clue. Yeah. If you were looking at that game with one eye, with, you know, one eye peeking through your hands. <laughs> it's what you were looking at. And as he got going and you saw, oh, okay, this is going to be a good one. Uh, obviously, it's good for the win. You, you need to win because your team has been brutal. But last night, I mean, Gordon, 
you know, with the runs, it was a better game, more exciting, yes. more, more, more entertaining. And, and, you know, when Buddha brought up before, like, what could the Yankees do at the deadline? Uh, trust me, they could throw a dart out a window and find a position that would improve with just a, a trade for someone who is league average. Mm. I looked at the stats. Out of third base this year, there are only five teams in baseball who have gotten less production than the Yankees at third base. Left field, somehow there are six teams that have gotten less. I, I can't imagine who these six teams are, but there are six mm. teams that have gotten less production than the Yankees. Catching, I know the Yankees think of it just as a defensive position, but if they could find somebody who could actually hit the ball a little bit out of the catching position, uh, there's only five teams getting a less productive offensive player as a catcher. And then shortstop, that's been uh, pretty much a nothing position for the Yankees. Only four teams have gotten less production out of shortstop. So that's half the lineup. Yeah. That's half the lineup. And the problem is right now is the other half of the lineup is not hitting. So Stanton's not hitting. That's a guy you're going to count on. You're not going to move him. You're not going to do anything at first base. Rizzo's got to be better than he is. Mm-hmm. Um, Tate Glaber didn't start tonight, but he's very hot and cold. Mm-hmm. So you got to get more out of him. And uh, you hope to get Bader back, and, and he's a productive hitter. So, And you hope to get, obviously, Aaron Judge back here. That, that's really the, the move. If they don't get Aaron Judge back, the Yankees, they're not going anywhere. No, they're not. There's no question about it. And, uh, you know, listen, if, if you could just get one or two of those guys you mentioned hot, Right, right. Oh, yes. Stan just one could, or two. Absolutely. Stan home run tonight would have changed the game. If he can yeah. get hot and even a, even putting the bat on the ball sometimes. he, You have to wor- worry right now if you're the Yankees. You knew when you took on that contract yeah. that at some point it was going to go bad. Might be and the beginning. Could, yeah, you're, you're just hoping that the, it was going to be bad when he was 37, 38. You have to start to want The year that he put up last year, it certainly seems like there's diminished skills, and, and he's hurt. He's been hurt this year. He was hurt last year. He's hurt all the time. Does that is that a sign that the big, bulky guy is not – you know he's not going to age well. It's just when is mm-hmm. that, that, that po- point going to come where it's in the decline phase? You have to wonder right now if he's starting to, to hit that. I would – I agree with you, but his pitch selection is brutal right now. He's swinging at everything, oh. Gordon. <laughs> he's swinging at everything. Yeah. I mean, he's got to have more plate discipline. He's he, he doesn't know the strike zone. That that's I mean, when he hits the ball, he hits it hard. I mean, he almost yep. took Escobar he's still out of strong. the strong. No, absolutely, almost, took, almost put yeah. Escobar in left field. Yes, absolutely. Still <laughs> hits the ball play. hard. No question when about. When he makes connection, it, it 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 goes. He just he just he's he is. I know a lot of hitting is guessing. He's guessing all the time. Yeah, and he's, he's guessing wrong. Yeah, all I mean, the his time. Pitches way out of the strike zone. He's swinging at him anyway. I mean, uh, what are you year, looking at? Last year hit 211, 297 on base, and a 462 uh, slugging. So that the 462 slugging is basically like 80 points off what his career average is. Yeah, because he he he, he, can't he played 110 play. games last year. He's played 22 now this year. Yeah, it's it's. I hate to say it, the decline looks like it's beginning. It does. It absolutely does. Now, again, he's only he's only come back, and maybe it takes him a little while to get going. But they they could really use him to get going right now because yes, he's he's the one guy in the lineup that could carry. It's supposed to be Judge and Stanton. Mm-hmm. Now he's not as good as Judge clearly, but he is also a guy that could carry the you know one three run home run with this pitching will be enough to 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 change a lot of games. Yeah. But, and I'm just trying to pull up uh, his contract. Uh, oh, how long that he has still left on the deal? I think it's 
Is it five more years? Oh, can't be five. Uh, yeah, the one, one, after this year, one, two, three. He has four more years after this year. Hmm. I don't know, Gordon. It's not, it doesn't look good right now. No. I'll just say not. that. Not it does not look good. And you knew, you knew. And we always talk about, a lot of people focus on money with contracts. It's the years. Oh, absolutely. It's the years. Mm-hmm. You know, what are you doing? You're paying this amount of money, but, you know, what do you what do you expect? 36, 37. I mean, Gordon, is he going to be in the league 36, 37? I mean, that's the way he's hitting right now. He, he's, he will always be able to hit home runs, I'm sure, right? But it's the other skills as well, not getting on base, not, uh, you know, a lot of strikeouts. As he, yeah. he, has old, he has what they call old man skills, and those yeah. generally don't uh, age well. So you're hoping that this is not the sign of – things starting to fall off the table but it doesn't right. it doesn't look great right now does not calls and conversation continue on 987 ESPN this is ESPN New York tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN following the subway series goes to a split Yankees win the first game Mets win the second game let's go back to the phones Mark is in Newark hey Mark you're next on 98.7 What's going on, fellas? How you doing? Hey, Mark. Okay, so I had two things, but I'm only going to have one thing, and it's this. Now, you know, they, there's always these 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 points in the season. They call them turning points, right? Mm-hmm. So before the game, I'm thinking, okay, we left bases loaded yesterday, and, you know, we didn't get it, so that's not going to be the turning point. So I'm thinking, well, maybe if we just get a win, you know, to – the confidence, that might be the turning point. But no. The turning point to me is this. It's Buck. And it happened when John Carlos Stan, whom you were just discussing, came up to the plate. And so the first the first pitch was outside and then the announcer goes, Hmm, I wonder what Buck is thinking. And the camera showed Buck with his with his hand and his chin and he said and then he pitched one more pitch. And then three words came to my mind what Buck was thinking. And these words were, oh, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hell no. Because John Carlos Stan was about to blast that thing about 700 feet. And he knew it. And he pointed, walk up. <laughs> I mean, emphatically, I was crying. So now if, if this turns the match around, it's that. Is that right there? Because that's what won the game. I hear you, Mark. That's funny. That's all, that's Thanks for the phone call, my friend. One eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. I got to tell you though, Gordon. I mean, yeah, you. That I would have. I, I would have been. I wouldn't have been surprised if he pitched to him the way Stanton's been struggling. I mean, I wouldn't have been surprised. It turns out as it is. Yeah, you don't know. He's due. And you don't put yourself in that position. So I, I'm not saying he was wrong for doing it, but I got to tell you, Gordon, I didn't think twice about it. <laughs> the way he's been, the way he's been struggling, I didn't well, think that. Yeah, at least he has the potential. To yes, hurt absolutely. You. Oh, no there, question there, about there's it. There's not that many people in the Yankee order who have the potential to hurt you right now with the way things are. So yeah, I guess it did make sense and it did work out. So uh, and and this is crisis time because if it yeah. didn't work out, if he did pitch to him and he hit a home run, people would be killing Buck. Oh, yeah. Or if they, they walked him and the next hitter came up with a big hit or something like that, they would be killing him too. So 
Uh, it did work out. Mets get a win. I don't know necessarily that this is <laughs> – you, you got the same team tomorrow. I don't know that this is necessarily going to be the spark, but that, I guess that's what you have to hope for. Yeah. You know, when you're a fan and the team has underachieved the way this team has, uh, and not just against good teams, against everybody. Everybody. You know, you, you, you're, you're looking for something. You're looking for a turn. And so that's why this weekend – uh, Gordon, if you're a Mets fan, you're saying, you know what? St. Louis is coming here. Mm-hmm. You know, this is, your chance. this is a chance for us to at least win a series because, you, you know, we win the series. And I know that, uh, you know, I know that the Astros have injuries and whatnot, but, you know, the way you're struggling right now, you, you, you need some, you need some life. You need a little confidence before you face that Houston team. You got to compartmentalize, right? You got to mm-hmm. just look at what you have on that day and 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 crisis time. You just got to take it one step at a time. So you get a win today. You take on the Cardinals. Hopefully, you win that series, and you'll figure it out from that point. Justice is in the Bronx. What's up, Justice? Hey, Larry, how you doing, brother? I miss you. I'm doing good, Justice. How are you? I'm doing very well. My family's right. How's your family doing? Everybody's doing great. Thank you for asking. I got a quick question for you. I love the Brunson, but the the Bradley Beal thing is confusing me. The only in one sense, too much money and no defense. And you said something crazy, so I'm like, yo, are you with it or are you not with it? No, I, I'm I'm Gordon and I both justice and thanks for the phone call. Both of us are are taking a no. Gordon is a hard no. Hard pass. Mine, hard, hard pass. Mine is a uh, no. <laughs> eh, no. Like I thought about it. I considered it, but I'm just I'm I'm his availability is the issue for me. Justice that that's what it is. This guy's been hurt a lot, and now I'm turning over my 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 number one my my two spot to a guy who's going to be hurt who who has in, who has injury issues constantly. I mean, and that's the for me. That's the biggest issue that I have with just about everybody that's on the trade that, that's been rumored to be traded to the Knicks. You know, even the even the wildest trade about Embiid, a guy who's 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 has availability issues. Beal has availability issues. Levine has availability issues. Williamson, Zion, he, availability. <laughs> he, he doesn't he even is play. Mr. Availability issue. <laughs> you know. He, you know, he's looking to just—he's looking to try to get away. Among other issues that he's got right now. Yeah, he's got a lot of issues. Yeah, he's got a lot of those. Yeah, he's—he's he's got some explaining to do. Yeah, <laughs> New York. I don't know. If the, I don't know if New York is going to help those problems. No, I don't think so. I really you're getting in trouble in New so. Orleans. You, you, you got, you got some problems. You know, and and you know, like the guys say, Gordon. That's why they're available. Because they got issues. I mean, the only person, and listen, even even Carl Anthony Towns has had some injury issues. He was out what for most of the year this year. He was yeah. hurt. He's been hurt a lot. Yeah. You know, so so that's that's you know, that's why. And I was talking to a friend, and he was saying that if the Knicks are going to have to make a deal, Gordon, it's probably going to be a three team deal, where. You know, you give a little something to somebody and somebody gives a little something to somebody else and they give a little something to you. I, I, I don't see the, the big people that you're looking at mentioned. I, I, I don't see them working. And we'll continue to talk about this tomorrow night because both baseball teams are off. So we'll be talking about bas- basketball and football tomorrow night, my friend. Sounds good, Larry.
All right, that wraps up this edition of ESPN New York Tonight. We thank you for joining us. Harvey, Joe, thank you very much. Up next, Freddie Fitzsimmons, they'll continue the conversation. Yeah, talk about Saquon also on 98.7 ESPN.